The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us again today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and it is our goal to acquaint you with these teachings as well. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on revolution. Ah, vive la revolution. <laughs> Specifically, we're talking about a revolution in higher consciousness. Uh, hasn't this been going on for some time now, Tom? Well, you know, it has. There's been quite a lot of emphasis on higher consciousness throughout what I think we've come to call the New Age movement. Spiritual information, programs, disciplines have become quite commonplace, particularly over the last 50 or 60 years. Wow, has it, has it really been that long? <laughs> you know, as soon as I said that, it hit me that this newest awakening in the minds, hearts, and souls of mankind to higher dimensions of being has really been with us for quite a while now. And really, you know, it's, it's, it's really been with us. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's just that, what, have we been asleep or whatever? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, well, perhaps we have, but, you know, our souls never sleep. And the hunger that we feel at a deep soul level for awakening and enlightenment grows sharper and more insistent every day. And to overcome and overturn our spiritual inertia, we basically require nothing short of a revolution. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been searching perhaps for many lifetimes to find a way out of the dense vibration and darkness of our earthly existence. This is why so many of us have turned to New Age spirituality. The religious orthodoxy we may have grown up with feels limiting in some way and does not fully satisfy our soul's hunger for illumination and release. And we are certainly not indicting established religions for their truths that they espouse. Oh, no. No, I mean, we believe that there's true value to be found in all the world's major religions. In fact, uh, this is one of the great things about the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Well, that's right, Terry. You know, many of the great Ascended Masters have made their ascensions through the pathways prescribed by the religions of the world, not in spite of them. Unfortunately, much of what we perceive as religious orthodoxy today has become calcified and entrenched in, in limited dogma that does not seem to fully, uh, you know, serve the soul's search for that enlightenment. You know, and the deeper this entrenchment has become, the greater the effort needed to dislodge the soul from the clutches of you know, outworn dogma and from the shackles of beliefs that limit rather than expand the soul. Hence, revolution. Again. But, you know, what we want to make clear is that we're not talking about anything rough or violent. <laughs> no, absolutely not. In the truest and most basic sense of the word, we are revolving or turning back to God. 
and doing so with love, compassion, forgiveness, peace. And in this process of returning to God, we reestablish a core understanding of our birthright as a co-creator with God. <laughs> we go again, right? <laughs> yeah, and we, we also come again to realize that, uh, that we each possess the potential to achieve Christhood as Jesus did. You know, we must realize that we share the higher consciousness of God. It is God's consciousness that flows to and through us via the figure eight flow. It is that which connects us to him and him to us in a constant exchange through our hearts. And to accept that it is indeed our birthright to create as God creates, we must cast a lot of old beliefs overboard, which is why the term revolution is so apt. This is change on a profound and far-reaching level, shaking us literally to the very foundations of our souls. But, I'd say, in a good way. <laughs> well, certainly. You know, although we do have a rather human tendency at times to sabotage our own salvation. By choosing to entertain thoughts of, you know, like unworthiness, no. fear, doubt, guilt, anxiety. Right. You know, we can often, without fully realizing it, get in our own way making our experience of life somewhat more difficult and challenging than it has to be. What is it that Padre Pio, that great modern saint, says? Oh, I love it. Pray, <laughs> hope, and don't worry. <laughs> That's it. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Do you hear that? Don't worry. I know, easier said than done. But it sure is a good thing to remind ourselves of as we climb the mountain of spiritual attainment. And the revolution in higher consciousness we speak of is what will propel us up this mountain of spiritual learning. It's uh, putting the breath of God in our sails. And we have the choice to make this trek with gentleness, grace, gratitude, good humor, love, and compassion. Right. Deprivation is not a requirement. No, it's not. You know, Terry, I think we should stress again that the revolution in higher consciousness is very personal. It stays at home, and it starts at home. It truly does. And, and though we've characterized the revolution as a turning back to God, it is also, quite simply, a return to loving and serving the best and highest good in one another. This is the higher consciousness we must claim, finding that common thread of brotherhood, the choice to love thy neighbor. You know, it is by God's grace that we are here now to grasp the full importance of such simple truths. Mm -hmm. And the great spiritual teachers we admire, the Ascended Masters of East and West, have not come with complicated instructions regarding, <laughs> you know, how to grow spiritually and come up higher. You know, the core truths they teach are profoundly simple. Love one another. Be gentle and kind. Be thoughtful. And herein is the reason why this revolution in higher consciousness continues to gain traction. It's really who we are and what we want to do at the deepest and most basic level of our being. You know, and maybe amidst the hubbub of modern life, we've temporarily forgotten or overlooked the power of these basic truths. We've just been given another chance to put them on and try them out. <laughs> if we only truly knew how far we've come and what we've gone through to reach this point of opportunity. Well, you know, to paraphrase the Ascended Masters, you've made it this far, don't blow it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And who knows what the opportunity, uh, when this opportunity will come mm -hmm. again to knock on the door of our, for our liberation from earth, to make our ascension, especially when we know that entry into the ascended realm may be based in large part on how well we loved <laughs> and served our brothers and sisters. And how well we have served the desire of our souls to return to the heart of God. Indeed. And speaking of simple truths, uh, let's emphasize again the simple truth that is at the core of what we've been referring to as this coming revolution in higher consciousness, discovering that God is the very life within us. Contacting and merging with the inner self gives us the understanding that this inner light is the real foundation and truth of all life. And all, you know, all of the great luminaries throughout history have in, I've understood that essential key of attaining higher consciousness is reverence for life. You know, and when we decide to come up higher in our own state of consciousness, to understand more of God and to be more of God within our heart, mind, and soul, we invite initiations. But I think we'll save this topic for our upcoming interview with 
Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And in the meantime, reverence for life is indeed a tremendous key to completing our own inner revolution in higher consciousness because God is life, and reverence for life is reverence for God. And no amount of rationalization or justification could ever be sufficient reason to terminate or abort life. No, and permitting this abortion to occur has created a tremendous karmic burden that lies heavily upon the soul of this nation and the world. So it is our hope that this revolution in higher consciousness will galvanize this nation and planet soon so that the accumulated pain and suffering that has been imposed upon life can be stopped and transmuted. Amen. <laughs> you know, Terry has prepared a short excerpt from a wonderful book entitled Everything is Energy by Dr. Marilyn Barrick. What are you calling this piece? It's called Claiming Higher Consciousness. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's hear it. Claiming Higher Consciousness. To fully engage with the coming revolution in higher consciousness, we must claim higher consciousness as our own and cultivate the wisdom of the heart. When we see flocks of birds flying overhead or herds of animals in fields or forests, we notice that they live and move together peacefully for the most part, unless it is mating season in which there is some dueling for position. As light-bearers, we are called to cultivate a similar spirit of brotherhood at the same time that we plumb the depths of our soul and seek to unfold higher consciousness. Jesus told us, Love thy neighbor, and if we study the major themes of the different religions in the world, we find a common thread of brotherhood, of loving one another, serving one another, being honorable toward one another. Whether we follow the teachings of the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, or the Buddhist scriptures, we find similarities in philosophy that are quite simple. All of them teach that it is good to love one another, to be kind, to be sincere, to be patient, to serve the best in one another. Why did the great teachers come to teach us these simple truths? because while these precepts are simple in concept, they are difficult to live by. The Ascended Master Jual Kool gave this instruction to his students. In many an oriental rice paddy there stand blessed ones with feet bared and immersed in the chilly waters, as they endeavor to render their service which enables at least some of the teeming millions of life streams there to have their daily and so much needed bowl of rice. These who do so serve enjoy to the full the warmth and comfort of the sun upon their bodies, all the while enduring the discomfort of the chilly waters which numb their lower limbs as they work. Now as the light and warmth of the sun comfort the worker in the rice fields, so do many basic and elemental laws of life, which have been revealed and accepted from all the great religions and philosophies of the world, enable the average mind and consciousness to find certain peace and contentment, just in the considering of the simple aspects of deity, in other words, the concept of heaven, God and His Son, the saints and the angels. However, as the life stream begins to reach out for a more complete understanding of real truth, which begins to reveal to the seeker the expanding knowledge of divine law, as well as revealing the limitlessness of the realms of heaven and those who abide there, some of that first-born happiness and spiritual elation which came with the first finding of truth may seem to take flight. This widening panorama, the increasing knowledge of truth, the necessity of bringing one's world into line with the divine law of balance and the limitless expanse of the realms above the human, all of this seems at times to overwhelm the new student on the path. After such a stretching of his spiritual vision, he is inclined to long for the simple bowl of rice the primary ideas of just God, heaven, and the angels, which may have comprised his original consciousness of deity in this embodiment. 
Cultivating the Wisdom of the Heart As we strive to keep our balance in challenging times, we also benefit our soul and spirit by cultivating the wisdom of the heart. In her mini-book, Alchemy of the Heart, Elizabeth Clare Prophet gives this instruction. Heart perspective is consciously thinking, feeling, acting, and breathing through the heart. Whatever you do, even if it's serving someone a cup of tea, it can be an extension of your heart. Heart perspective will change the way you treat others, the way they treat you, and the way you treat yourself. Heart perspective invites honesty and breeds compassion. A wise monk was once asked by his companions what they should do if they saw a fellow monk snoozing during prayer time. Should we pinch him so he will stay awake, they asked. The monk replied, Actually, if I saw a brother sleeping, I would put his head on my knees and let him rest. That's heart perspective. When we have heart perspective, we are committed to keeping a warm, open place in our heart where someone who is in pain feels safe to enter. Heart perspective is that creative genius that looks for ways to inject love into every challenge. It inevitably finds a unique and higher solution to a naughty problem. We have plenty of opportunities to practice heart perspective. In a competitive world where so many people feel compelled to go straight for the jugular vein, we have the opportunity to go straight for the heart. You may be thinking, you may be speaking, you may be feeling, but see yourself doing all of this through your heart until you feel as though it is your heart and not your head or your ego or your defense mechanisms that is thinking, speaking, and feeling. This takes practice, but it can be done. Uh, thank you, Terry. Now, when we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet titled Higher Consciousness, in which she speaks about the coming revolution in the higher consciousness and how widespread she feels it will be. Please stay with us. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet examines the true nature of the inner revolution in higher consciousness with a special message from St. Germain. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Would you tell us what you mean when you talk about the coming revolution? Doug, the coming revolution is a revolution in higher consciousness. But it really is a revolution that will affect every part of our lives. Because at its core is the unlocking of the energy of God that is the spark of life within the heart. It's the threefold flame of the real self. And when the individual makes contact with that real self, it's like the bursting of a fountain of light and of an energy coil that envelops the entire being and becomes a spiral of a higher self-awareness. And through this higher self-awareness, we then can and join forces for a revolution which is really to be a turning around of our way of life on earth. Civilization today, even in America, is in a downward spiral of moral decay, degeneration, a lessening of self-worth and the worth of life, which we see evidenced in liberalization of abortion laws and in controversy over euthanasia, the idea that, that human life is no longer as valuable as it was and as it was esteemed in our early history. This is because we have not yet discovered that our life is God, that God is life within us. And it's because we have projected our awareness of God outside of ourselves and accepted the condemnation that we are sinners that there comes this lessening of individual self-worth, hence a movement toward socialism, a mass consciousness, a welfare system where the individual gets lower and lower and lower until we are all finally reduced to the lowest common denominator of the human consciousness which is the level of the animal and we are told we are animals instead of sons and daughters of God made in his image and likeness. How widespread do you think this revolution is going to be? I think that the spark of this revolution once it ignites our consciousness is going to leap city to city around the earth because I believe that everyone is just on the verge of contacting that inner light and that inner self and contact with that inner self is what made Jesus the world figure that he was and is. That same contact gave for Gautama Buddha a following, a religion, an enlightenment, an energy, and energy is the key, an energy that enabled him to have to this present day millions and millions of followers. All of the great lights of history, whether they have been scientists, artists, statesmen, 
doctors and so forth, when they have had this essential key of reverence for life, such as Albert Schweitzer or Mohandas Gandhi, when they have discovered that life as the spark within instead of something removed, that is when they have become effective on the world scene. And this is why the movement, which we call the movement for the coming revolution, is something that is so explosive. It is not explosive in the outer revolutionary sense. It is an inner revolution. But the inner revolution cannot help but change our entire way of life on earth because it liberates that soul force. And this is why we're having a conference on soul liberation. And the key at that conference is the ascended master, Saint Germain, the master of freedom and of the Aquarian age. Now, what does St. Germain have in mind for this conference? The point of his coming is initiation. And this gets into a very interesting subject. What is initiation? Initiation means that you, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, of Gautama Buddha, or of any of the ascended masters, desire to come up higher in your state of consciousness. You desire to understand more of God and to be more of God within your heart and mind and soul. It takes an ascended master to convey that light, to convey an increment of energy, an increment of the mind of God, to give you that expanded self-awareness. This is the meaning of the term initiation. The guru-chila, or master-disciple relationship, has been going on for thousands of years. It is the means of the transfer of God's energy, which someone, namely the guru or the teacher, has concentrated within his being because he has contacted the inner self. As he has a greater concentration or a reservoir or a resource of that energy than ordinary people, he becomes the one the point in hierarchy who is called the guru who can make the transfer to those seeking that same attainment and that same contact. So Saint Germain is one such ascended master. He has been serving the flame of freedom as he has embodied upon this planet for at least a hundred thousand years. He finally made his ascension after his incarnation as Francis Bacon in 1685 and has been serving as the master, the ascended master of the seventh ray. Particularly in this century, he's come forward to release his teaching on the I Am Presence and the Violet Flame. And so at our fall conference on soul liberation, the Master Saint Germain is coming to contact personally his chilas. Now that coming is not a physical coming, although some see him. It is the coming of the Master in his finer bodies, as we call them. His presence is felt, his light is felt, his energy is transferred. Those who have made the step to concentrate a greater manifestation of light within their chakras or centers do see the ascended masters standing on the platform and surrounding the auditorium. Others do not see, but they feel. Others do not feel, but they hear the word and they gain a new understanding. So that all who come are at different levels of awareness, hence different levels of initiation. Now what does this have to do with the coming revolution? Saint Germain is the one who sponsored America and he sponsors freedom in every nation today. He has taught us that those whom he calls the spoilers or the fallen ones have invaded every area of life in our civilization. They have interfered with the economic policies of the nations, with politics, 
with education, with religion, and they have taken from the people their just and rightful inheritance of the abundance of God's grace and his gifts and even material supply. Therefore, St. Germain comes to teach us the science of the spoken word. He comes to assist us in unlocking our own energy source, which is God, so that we can right these wrongs, not by violent revolution, but by the revolution that comes through the flow of cosmic consciousness, of tides of light from the central sun, of energies that are the alchemy a literal alchemy for the transformation not only of the individual soul but of society as a whole. What is your personal contact with the Master Saint Germain? Saint Germain is the master who sponsored me in this life, whose picture which I saw when I was 18 reminded me of my inner vow to him which I made before coming into embodiment. I recall standing before him and making my vow to him that I would take up that torch of freedom and serve him. And so, a few years after I saw his picture, he contacted me through the Ascended Master El Moria, saw to it that I was trained as a messenger, and today he is releasing his teachings through me, and these can be had by our listeners in Pearls of Wisdom. These pearls of wisdom contain the basic teachings of the Master Saint Germain as he has given them over the past fifty years and they are vital messages for all who cherish freedom as an inner flame as well as a way of life in America for which this nation was founded and which ought to be the motivating light of all our decisions public and private. I think that St. Germain is probably a very unfamiliar figure to much of our audience. How can they overcome the strangeness of dealing with someone they've never met before? You know, St. Germain is Uncle Sam. And I think Uncle Sam is more than a picture on a billboard, more than an advertisement to join the armed forces. When we think of Uncle Sam, we think of someone who is kind of the spirit of America. And that is indeed who St. Germain is. He is the very person, the very essence of our culture and of all that we stand for, not in the sense that we are exclusive, but in the sense that we have a gift a great gift from Almighty God which is ours to give to all of the nations of the earth. Saint Germain teaches us what that gift is and how we can implement it and how we can take that gift as a precious energy as well as an understanding and save that freedom which we have been given and save this nation for another round of opportunity because America was founded so that those who came here might experience this soul liberation, this reunion with God, which comes as we walk the path of initiation under St. Germain, the master of the Aquarian age. Is St. Germain's message for all Americans or just the few who are into mystical teachings? Doug, St. Germain's message to the American people is very basic. It's to every man, woman, and child. Far from being metaphysical speculation or mysticism, it's a practical, down-to-earth, concrete statement of the Master who was truly the Master of the Flame of Freedom. It is entirely in agreement with the tradition of Jesus Christ. You will recall Saint Germain was embodied as Saint Joseph, who was the protector of Jesus and Mary. Saint Germain, then, is one with Jesus Christ, and there is no conflict from the standpoint of either religion or politics in our finding out more about this wonderful individual, this wonderful 
person, this pure sun, who has individualized the God-flame, attained mastery in time and space, and ascended to be one with the immortals. He tells us how to live, how to restore our birthright, how to regain control of our money and our money system, how to work, for instance, in overcoming the problems of taxation and what is happening in the administration today as tax upon tax is leveled upon the American people. He speaks to us of the truth of abortion, the fact that we are killing God or the potential for God within the womb and therefore creating an enormous karma that is coming upon our nation as a disruption in the weather and plagues foretold in the book of Revelation. He is truly the voice of the seventh angel that comes to warn us of the dangers to our heritage if we do not fulfill our destiny and our calling as we represent the sons and daughters of God and the twelve tribes of Israel. Thank you very much. Now, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Listening on a Higher Dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And yes, we are back. And joining us today is our friend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sidney. Gentlemen, hi, Sidney. Say, uh, Sidney, we've spoken of the coming revolution in higher consciousness as having reverence for life as its uh, central focus. Now, how vital is this renewed reverence for life to the future of our nation and our planet? You know, there's some unmutable laws in the universe, and reverence for life is certainly one of those because life is God. And so when you lose that reverence, you lose a contact with God, you lose opportunity to go forward in God and to pursue those things that we all desire deeply within our hearts. And I think the understanding that we are not um, evolved animals, so to speak, 
that we are created in the image of likeness of God is vital to our understanding and perspective on life. Then you add into that the understanding of reincarnation and karma, and you realize why such things as abortion or euthanasia mm. make absolutely no sense, even though the fallen ones would have us believe that they make sense. Because yeah. once you understand that, that you, karma does not go away just because you uh, stop something or, or you do something, um, that, that you have to understand it must be dealt with. And euthanasia is a great example because you know, we have this movement towards assisted suicide for people and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, terminal illness and right. so forth. And at one level you can understand that, but the problem is they have that illness to balance karma. And if they exit early by taking their own life, which is, is not reverence for life, obviously, they still have that karma and they've made more karma. Oh, so all they've done is multiply their problem instead of eliminate it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we don't have compassion, we don't give people help in those, those times, but it's a perspective and an understanding that we must have in order to grow in God. Oh, gosh, if people only knew. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, though we may personally have reverence for life, does the nation's and the planet's burden of karma caused by abortion still impact us? And kind of a secondary part of this question, will we be spared the consequences of when this karmic burden becomes too great for the planet to bear? You know, uh, we're told in the Bible, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, <clears throat> we can have a certain protection because of our support for life and doing the right thing. But there's a group karma. There's a national karma. You know, it's interesting. The fallen angels, this abortion is such a plot because... It does two things. One, it keeps the light bearers out of embodiment that need to be here not only for their own personal salvation and progress on the path, but what they can do for the planet, the solutions they can bring. And the second part of it is people make not only a personal karma in in being part of that, but there's a national karma. And so then it's another way of tying the hands of the divine purpose and plan for America by creating this massive karma. And I want to add something right here before we go any further, and that is we understand that how serious abortion is and what the problem is for this nation, this planet. But I want to reassure people that have either been part of an abortion or, or had an abortion in this lifetime that um, we understand and God understands that many people are forced into it by circumstance. They've been misled on what it is and so forth, and that there is a way to balance that karma, to honor life, and still make your ascension. And so you can't let that keep you from being who you are in this life. It just gives you an added incentive to move forward and to spread the truth and the light. Because if people knew the truth, they would act differently. Yeah, Yeah. well, I think it's very comforting. Yeah. What are some of the signs that the planet can bear no more of this karmic weight? You know, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned in her her, uh, interview there, uh, weather is one way, earthquakes, cataclysm. And it's interesting because sometimes when we have uh, major uh, events, the weather or earthquakes, so forth on the planet, you'll hear some conservative Christians saying, well, that's God is punishing us. And, of course, people laugh at it. Well, it's not God punishing us. It's the karma returning. And remember, karma is an impersonal law. And so what you send forth will come back. And, unfortunately, it almost takes people away from the understanding that there is a cause and effect here, even though it may not be readily apparent. You know, I want to kind of go back and maybe restress the point you made a moment ago um, that, you know, we, we must understand that abortion is literally a war on life and therefore a war against God. And it's almost overwhelmingly sad to contemplate how many great souls, as you mentioned a moment ago, those who might have made a huge difference in the world were not given the opportunity to contribute. Is, is that a fair statement? It's absolutely a fair statement. Again, let's look at it a personal and a global perspective here. There are souls that are desperate to get into embodiment. 
They have a karma that must be filled. They have a dharma, which is a purpose in life that must be filled, a gift they must give to the planet for them mm. to move forward spiritually. And they can't get into embodiment because of abortion. And we've been told that some souls have been aborted two, three, four, and five times. Oh, my. And it actually is a very painful experience, not only physically for the aborted fetus, but also for the soul. And so you can just, there, there's very, very great frustration uh, on the etheric plane of people trying to get here and can't, can't get here. Mm -hmm. And so not only do we have the karma of that, of denying people their opportunity in life, but we may, it may be our twin flame and maybe someone that we need to balance karma with. Yeah. And, oh you know, we look around, there's no solutions on this planet to the various problems are facing us. Well, maybe there are solutions, but the people to bring them just aren't an embodiment. And so that's why the masters have supported uh, bringing these souls alight and have told us not to worry about overpopulation, that God will not let this planet have more people than it can handle. Mm -hmm. And there are solutions. And, of course, the fallen ones would, would seek to tell us, oh, there's limitations on everything. Uh, We've got to reduce the number of people, et cetera, et cetera. It's all a big lie. Mm -hmm. And it may be logical at the human level, but it's just not true. Yeah. Uh, well, for the sake of driving this point home, <laughs> let's talk some more about what we can do, you know, individually and collectively to halt this assault on life orchestrated by these these forces of darkness and, and how we can accelerate the revolution in higher consciousness. Yeah. Well, it begins with ourselves. And, you know, again, with the understanding that we are created by God, we have the potential to return to God in a oneness and an individuality of God. And so we have the courage to stand and face not only our personal karma, but the national and planetary karma. And of being aware that what we do makes a difference. Now, the Ascended Masters don't uh, support anything. They, they, they support following the laws of the land, mm -hmm. an appropriate way to express your rights and mm -hmm. so forth. But the most important thing is to uh, go after this issue spiritually. Because, again, as we change the consciousness of the people, they are going to wake up and say, no, abortion is wrong. Euthanasia is wrong. Life must be preserved and protected. And so when you begin with yourself, you use the science of the spoken word, the prayers, and you, you tell others the truth about why, about karma and reincarnation. Then it suddenly makes sense. Everything <laughs> falls into place. Yeah. And, and realize that if you want to have another opportunity on this life, you've got to do everything you can if you have to re-embody to make sure the other souls get their opportunity too. Because it, there's literally a line yeah. of many, oh. many millions of souls wanting to get an embodiment. And what you do now will not only make a difference whether they can get here, but if you have to return, how soon you'll be able to come back. Right. So you can see it's, it's a very complex uh, equation in some ways, but in other ways it's very simple. Honor life, respect life, become who you're meant to be, and the consciousness of this nation and planet will change. And I think it's already starting to change. I think yeah, so. I, I would agree with that. And I remember when I first fully realized the importance of this whole issue and the sacredness and sanctity of life. And I just felt on fire. I mean, I felt impassioned to do whatever I could. And I know many, many people do. Is it lawful to ask to carry a greater portion of world or planetary karma? Well, there's an understanding that not only do we bear our own karma and must balance it, but the great saints and, and sages of, of East and West have also taken upon themselves what we call a portion of world karma. Now, Jesus literally bore world karma for the past 2,000 years. Wow. Why? So that we would have the opportunity to make spiritual progress. And some of us have not made the best use of that time. And so now the karma is coming to us individually. But there's always been a time and a place where individuals need to help carry the karma of the planet. Uh, Padre Pio did that. He considered himself a victim soul, but he went through some pretty... <laughs> demanding uh, uh, tests in his life, I'll, I'll tell you. Yes, he did. And so God isn't necessarily asking us to, to 
take to our sickbed to bear world karma, but he's asking us to contain more light. Mm -hmm. And the more light we contain, the more weight that we can, we can hold a balance for on this planet, which is planetary karma. Now, you always pray for God's will. You never call for more to be upon yourself than is God's will, because literally people can be taken out of embodiment if, <laughs> if they call for too much world yeah. karma, because, you know, that they have free will choice, all according to God's holy will. But think about it. Jesus has done so much for us and the other great masters. This is our opportunity to do something for them and for the other sons and daughters of God who are not yet at that point in their evolution where they can bear that weight in humility and love. So, yes, we can do it. And the science of the spoken word is a great way to balance world karma, um, you know, yeah. in a very light and, and desirable way. And the, the, the wonderful thing about this is when you give prayers to balance world karma, you know what? You're also balancing your own karma. Yeah. Enlightened self-interest. Enlightened self-interest. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, this is the opportunity, the ages we have right yeah. now because of this equations that come forward. And it's the way we can go after, for some of us, a pretty heavy karma, deal with it and make our ascension by yeah. God's grace. Yeah. Well, is it, is it possible that what we currently experience as pain and suffering in our own lives is, in fact, a, a consequence of this karmic burden of abortion? You know, people always ask why things happen in their lives, why bad things happen to good people. And so... By an understanding of karma and reincarnation, you know, a lot of times it will be karma. It could be from last week or 10,000 years ago mm -hmm. that's returning. And so you have to have that perspective. Now, the karma of abortion is great. And so it does fall in this country. It does fall in America and any place on this planet where it's practiced. And so we do bear that in some ways in our bodies. And whether it's our personal karma or planetary karma, you still will deal with the same way, very practical from a medical point of view, if it's your health, mm -hmm. or from a spiritual point of view, if it's otherwise. So in one sense, it doesn't matter because you still deal with it the same way. Mm -hmm. But there is a weight and a burden upon the people of God in this nation because of abortion, clearly. Yeah. Uh, well, um, maybe to lighten the mood a bit here on this subject, uh, let's move back in the direction of our theme of conscious revolution. What happens when we unlock the energy of God, that spark of life that we know of as a threefold flame? You know, we have accepted so little in our lives as our potential, not only perhaps our mental potential, but our spiritual potential. Our threefold flame within the heart, for most people, it's a sixteenth of an inch high. Um, you know, Jesus' was so large as it enveloped his whole body. Wow. So as we develop that spark, as we nourish it, as we honor that light that it is and represents, so it can expand, and our world changes. And as our world changes, so the consciousness of the planet will change. I mean, look what Jesus did in one embodiment to change the consciousness of this planet. Yeah, and we can each do what Jesus did and follow in his footsteps. And that's the thing, with, you know, we can't limit ourselves in God, but we have to take the next practical step to pursue God, to experience him more of our lives, and at the same time grow that threefold flame so we can do more for God and for the precious souls on this planet. Indeed. Does, does everyone have a threefold flame? Well, everyone that's created by God was given a threefold flame. You can lose it um, ah. by repeated <laughs> angers or defiance to God and so forth, wow. but you can regain it as well. It's difficult, but you can do it. And there are souls, we've been told, that have been created by the fallen angels that are, are not of God, and yet they have a physical form, but they too can earn a threefold flame. So there's opportunity for everyone. Wow. Okay, well, we've got to take a break here, but don't go away. When we return, we will continue our discussion of the revolution in higher consciousness with Sidney Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? 
How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back once again for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of the coming revolution in higher consciousness. Now, in our opening segment, we alluded to the revolution in higher consciousness as a turning around of our way of life on Earth, and that this desire to come up higher will set in motion a series of initiations. Can you expand on this concept of initiation? Yes, and Mrs. Prophet, I thought, gave a wonderful definition of that in, in the interview she had. It's our way of moving forward on the path. In other words, you know, it, it makes such total sense that there is a progression, there is a logical step in order to growing spiritually. And when we understand that, we can take advantage of it. For most of us, you know, we're just buffeted about by the ways of our karma and we do the best we can every day. But, you know, uh, I think as Descartes said, man is born, he suffers, and he dies, you know. <laughs> and it's pretty bleak outlook on things. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we do suffer because our karma comes back to us, even when we have wonderful times. Mm -hmm. So when we understand that there is a way out of this, and the way out of this is the path of initiation. It's the master-disciple relationship. Jesus had it with his disciples. He set the example. It's the guru-chil relationship as taught in the East, where the master takes upon, takes the individual as a chila or a disciple, and they lead them on the path. And mm -hmm. part of this path is being tested, is being initiated. How much do we love? How much do we really want to grow spiritually? How much do, do we want to become God? Or is it just too much effort or too much work? You know, after a while, we've had so many embodiments, and we've done everything there is on this planet, and we've done it a thousand times. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's old. Yeah, it's, it's done. old. <laughs> and so now is the time to take that step on the path of initiation, and you get a sponsorship. When you're accepted by an ascended master or Jesus or one of the great masters of East and West, when you're accepted, it begins. And so you have a commitment, and they have a commitment. And they will help you progressively go through this path. It doesn't mean you never make mistakes, but it means you've got to get up and try again and pass that test to get there. And you only have to get up one more time than you fall to make your ascension. Now, mm. here's the choice. Live in chaos, live in, you know, being buffeted about with the waves of karma, 
or stand, face, and with God's help, conquer your karma and move forward on the spiritual path of progression and get where we really want to go and where our souls want to go. Would you say that having a guru is an essential component of that process? Absolutely. Having a teacher. And people say, well, I don't need teachers. I can just, <laughs> you know, go directly to God. Well, it doesn't work that way. Um, God has set it up so that we take someone um, will take us upon as to teach us and show us the way to initiate us as we become actually put on their personage. We become like Jesus. Jesus said in um, one of the Gnostic uh, Gospels, I think it was Thomas, I want you as my twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we become Jesus' twin? If we mm-hmm. don't become Jesus, we don't lose our individuality, but we become the Christ. And a teacher is absolutely key to that because this is not an easy path. You need teachings, you need help, you need understanding, and we need the sponsorship of these great masters to get where we want to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, assuming that the initiations we experience are subject to our free will choice, is it, is it possible that this choice was made in a past life and only now manifesting? In other words, we may not be ready for an initiation when we first ask for it. Uh, is our initiation request then live, so to speak, across lifetimes until we are able to receive it? Uh, of course it does. And I think the understanding of this is that God will not give you a test you're not ready for. And so we can trust in God, trust in Jesus, whatever master you feel tied to, that you will get those exact initiations that you need when you need them. And God wants you to be successful. He wants you to make it. And so he's not going to give you the advanced one when you're ready for the one that is, you know, the next <laughs> one on your, on your step. They don't give college entrance exams to kids in kindergarten. <laughs> right. So be at peace with where you are. It doesn't matter where you are on the spiritual path. God will meet you there. That, that Jesus or the Masters or your Christ self will give you that steps and tests initiation. But you've got to work, too. Yeah. You've got to make the effort. You've got to try. You've got to walk through, and forgive me, the open door. So <laughs> no, hey. when it's <laughs> Thank you, you for that plug. And that's yeah. the amazing thing about the teachings of Santa Masters. Because when we have the understanding of where we need to go, and they tell us how we get there, we can do it. Because until we have that, it's pretty much confusion and chaos. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, in her interview on higher consciousness, Elizabeth Clare Prophet spoke of St. Germain and his role in America's destiny. And I'm thinking about this in terms of initiation, that we as uh, Americans living in a land of opportunity, I know that some of our audience are not in America, so forgive us for being provincial here. But in terms of America's promise and the land of opportunity, we have a special set of initiations, don't we? Well, we do. There has been a divine plan for a very long time to develop a- America. And it's interesting, if you rearrange the letters of America, it says, the, it says spells, I am I race. race. <laughs> it's the yeah. place that has been prepared for the lost tribes of Israel, for the people of God upon this planet that have been meandering mm-hmm. now for tens of thousands of years and quite can't get it right. This is the place, this is the time we're to come together. And there's great light bearers in America, and of course there are in every nation. Sure. But America must be the way shore. It is sponsored by St. Germain. It has the flame of freedom. And how did we get our freedom? You know, people talk about the amazing people during the American Revolution, but they had sponsorship and they had attainment. Mm-hmm. George Washington was sponsored and initiated by St. Germain. And that is why he was able to bear the weight and the light to bring forth this country. And so we understand that America has a divine plan to be the way shore for freedom upon this planet. Well, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> we still have fallen angels and people that have come in to try to destroy that dream. And so the people of God must rise up in a higher consciousness so that, that the wrong ideas may defeat and put aside. But St. Germain only sponsors, uh, there's only two sponsored nations mm-hmm. on this planet. One is America and one is India. And America must make it, whether you're an American or not, America must make it or nobody else can make it. And that's why it's so crucial that there be a victory in America um, 
for the whole planet. And, and sure. it's interesting that this great light and teaching, the Ascended Master's teachings, have come forth from America, uh, both in the I Am movement in the 30s and through the prophets' um, later years. Yeah. And uh, it's a test for some people, especially yeah. in India, which is a great spiritual nation, to receive teaching and light from an American woman. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we yeah. all got to be humble before God, yeah. including oh, yeah. the Americans. Well, this, this special American dispensation that uh, St. Germain has given us here, is it, is it America's obligation to spread this then to the rest of the world? I mean, you talk about India, but how about the rest of the world? What? Well, it is. And it, the fact that these teachings are coming forth from America is indication that you know America not only has the opportunity, the sponsorship, but perhaps the karma to send forth this forth. Yeah. Because you realize, you know, we're all the lost tribes that have been wandering around even, <laughs> even before that time. And it's, it's because we blew it before, it's our opportunity to bring it forth. There's a lot of re-embodied Atlanteans in America who made big mistakes in Atlantis. This is their opportunity again to correct that. So America needs to succeed if the light bearers of this planet need to succeed. But it has to be the light bearers in America, not the yeah. ones that have turned against the light to do so. Would you, would you say that, the, that we are the 12 tribes, so to speak, in America then? Well, I think that's, this is the, yes, you know, the people have tried to find... Uh, from a genealogy point of view, where the 12 tribes went. Well, essentially, they've re-embodied in America. Uh -huh. now, now, they're in every nation upon this planet, but they, they're concentrated and focused in America, I guess. Okay. Um, you know, how far along do you think we are in the unfolding revolution in higher consciousness? <laughs> Good question. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I based on what I'm hearing, maybe not so far. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't agree with that, because no, I think not, if you look 50 years ago, mm -hmm. what the consciousness of this nation and this planet was, it's been dramatic. Mm -hmm. The people that are interested, not so much in religion, but in spirituality, it's been very profound. And what happens is, as the light increases, unfortunately, the darkness increases as well. So that is the battle of Armageddon. It's the, it's the fight between light and darkness. And so even though it seems very bleak now, and, and it's serious. I mean, we got, it, it's a serious situation. There's no doubt about it. And we can still lose. But I believe that the light is increasing, and at some point, the scales are going to tip. And the light is going to be greater than the darkness. And when that happens, boom. It's going to be very sudden and very expansive. I think this revolution is really going to take place, just like we've seen physical revolutions in the Middle East in the past year or so. Oh, yeah. I think the spiritual revolution is on the cusp of expanding and growing. But we just don't sit around and wait for it, because what we do as individuals will determine if and when things change. We're the, we're the kernel of corn still still in the oil, but it's going to, one of these moments, it's going to pop. And if we turn off the fire, forgive me for that analogy, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it ain't going to pop. And yeah. so that's why we need to take the accountability for what is going on in this planet, not be passive bystanders waiting for God to do something. God is waiting for us to do something. Yeah. And we can bring forth that light by embodying that higher consciousness ourselves by having that greater light, by practicing the science of the spoken word, by, by, by bearing karma, by being on the path of initiation. I mean, one person can change this whole equation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we need to do. And it's you. Yeah. And it's me. Yeah. Well, uh, would you please remind our audiences uh, uh, of the tools that we have for keeping ourselves safe and, and uh, you know, from potential harm and, and you know, counteracting the dark negative forces that are arrayed sure. against us? Just remember, this is, this is a risky place to be. <laughs> and um, the Masters teach that Archangel Michael is our greatest friend to have on this planet and the mm -hmm. angels to protect us. But you have to ask him to protect you and your family. We have a decree to Archangel Michael, a number of them. Mm -hmm. Every day I wouldn't go out the door without giving my 20 minutes of calls to Archangel Michael. Yeah. You need protection. And Archangel Michael is the key to that protection. Well, that's a very good reminder, obviously. Yeah. And um, 
that's all the time we have this week. <laughs> Once again, another hour is just whooshed by. Boy, it has. No, no kidding. And I want to thank you, Sydney, for your you know your usual clarity. I know you give all the grace and um, credit to God, which of course is uh, highly appropriate. But we want to thank you all out there for listening in with us today. And until we meet again, remember this: that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.